You can get this full audiobook for free on Amazon, by clicking on the link in the description. Is brought to you, by the book guide. Chapter 1 Call me Joe, please. It's not that I have anything against Joey. It's a perfectly good name, and it's worked fine for the first 16 years of my life. But that's the point. I'm 16 now, almost 17, and the name Joey just doesn't feel like me anymore. Which maybe isn't surprising, given that I've met more versions of myself than Star Wars has clones. When you stop to think about it, I've probably got the biggest identity crisis of all time going, so if I want to drop one lousy letter from my name, I think I'm entitled. I was trying to explain this to Jai, which wasn't easy, considering that we and the rest of the team were pinned down by binary scouts, shooting what looked like elongated blobs of mercury at us. And Jai's not the easiest person to talk to unless you happen to have a dictionary chip installed between your ears, which I don't. He listened, returning fire with more mercury blobs, which are called plasma pods in case you're wondering, and then asked, Are you unambiguously certain? Behind him, Jacon leaped on top of a power condenser, crouching all sleek and furry, snarling as she looked for more prey. The wolf girl version of me looked like she might be enjoying this a little. She always did. But I suppose there was nothing wrong with loving your job. Excuse me, Jai said crisply, aiming over my shoulder down the length of the big chamber in the abandoned power plant. He fired the emitter, which made a sort of thrip sound. I caught a crazy, distorted glimpse of movement from behind me, reflected off the chest area of Jai's encounter suit. A binary scout on a grav board, trying for a sneak attack. Then the plasma pod hit him and negated the binding force in his atomic nuclei, which is how Jai would have described it. Me, I'd just say he disappeared in a puff of smoke, and a sound like sft. This caused a momentary lull in the fighting on both sides which I took advantage of to ask what he meant. Huh? I said. I get a lot more mileage out of words than Jai does. Are you unambiguously certain? He repeated patiently. He pointed the emitter in various directions. Thwip, thwip. Next to me, J.O. fired his laser cannon arm at a group of attacking scouts. That means, are you sure? He offered helpfully, and I rolled my eyes. J.O. did have a dictionary chip installed between his ears, and took every opportunity to make me aware of it. I ignored him. Did I want to change my nickname? Yes. No, that your chronological age is in fact 16. I started to tell him that his brain had finally grown too big for his head, but stopped. He had a point. Though we don't time travel in the classic sense in the interworld organization, we all know that time itself is an independent aloof and serene from all the myriad worlds that make up the various versions of Earth. Though I'd never encountered any Earths on which time itself seemed subjectively altered, Earths on which everyone seemed to talk real slow, or Earths where everyone ran around like they were in an old silent movie and they talked like this. Still, most people knew that time passed quicker or slower in some planes as opposed to others. Just as it was also known that after some time spent in those worlds, your own time sense, not to mention your body, adjusted to the new temporal reality. I'd been in quite a few such parallel planes in the time I'd been a member of Interworld, which meant that Jai had a valid reason for asking, but only up to a point. I might be, as far as I knew, older than my birthday said I was, 
or younger. Problem was, there was no way to measure the rate that time passed outside the plane we were in. And even if there were, what about time spent in the in-between? That crazy quilt collision of various realities and worlds that a walker used as a shortcut from one reality to the next. Besides, it was all subjective, tied in with consciousness, so really, you only were as old as you felt. I said as much to Jai, who looked at me as if I'd just pointed out to him that the sky was blue. Usually, on this world it was more greenish. Indubitably, he said, and then he lost me again. Are you unquestionably certain your hexiety is defined by your moniker? My what? Your moniker, your name. I know that one. My high exit. Hexiety, your Eunice, the qualities that make you.